everyone. Welcome to the Strive Podcast, a community dedicated to helping women become the best version of themselves by relying on Jesus Christ and uniting with other women. Today, we are dishing out practical, helpful, and tangible tools to help us all along our discipleship journey. My name is Abby Harding, and I am your host here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, my name is Abby and welcome back to the Strive Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It means the world to me. I know there are millions and millions of podcasts, but it means a lot that you chose this one. So thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to introduce you today to Jill Pino. Jill is one of my greatest college friends and the Strive Podcast truly felt incomplete until I did an episode with her. We first met on our first day of school, our freshman year of college, so we really have been through it all. (laughs) Um, But Jill opens up about her life and shares her vulnerable and valuable story with us today. Um, The episode we recorded literally gives me chills. As I was editing, my heart is just filled to the brim with love for her and love for all of you. We talk about a very applicable topic of navigating our 20s in college and post-grad life. Um, We also talk about her counseling journey and methods that she used to be able to get to know herself better and also her younger self better. Very fascinating. Um, But as you listen to me and Jill's conversation, I invite you to ponder about things that you love about yourself. It can be anything, like from physical looks to personality quirks to spiritual gifts. And we hope that you feel the spirit and hear what you need to hear. But to set the tone for this episode, I have a quote from Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf's message titled, You Matter to Him. It is from the October 2011 General Conference. It says, Brothers and sisters, the most powerful being in the universe is the father of your spirit. He knows you. He loves you with a perfect love. God sees you not only as a mortal being on a small planet who lives for a brief season. He sees you as a child. He sees you as the being you are capable and designed to become. He wants you to know that you matter to him. I love this talk so much. I linked this um, talk in the show notes um, because I think it gels quite well with what we were talking about. And it's just a great additional resource to go to. This is like one of my comfort general conference talks like if I'm ever feeling sad or maybe feeling less than um, this is what I always come back to because it's just really uplifting and it's very tangible there's a lot of tangible tools in it for us to be able to get closer to our heavenly father and to know that he is there Um, but I truly have a testimony that God knows us and is aware of us Um, we aren't just some like specks far away or something Um, but he is mindful of you and really wants you to get to know him he doesn't just like us he loves us just like the title says, striving to turn self-like into self-love. It might seem hard to love ourselves right now, but it definitely is possible. And hopefully me and Jill can give you some, a little encouragement and just a little bit of a boost. Um, We love you so much and we can't wait for you to listen to to today's episode and we hope you enjoyed the show. Okay, you guys, I am sitting down with Jill Pino. Oh my gosh, we have been looking forward to this for so long. Thank you so much for making time. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to help. Of course. Okay, now we need to get into our origin story. <laughs> we have yes, to start okay. at the beginning. Yes, we do. So, 2018, mm-hmm. September, yeah. our first semester of college. Spory building in the basement in, like, the most random classroom ever, Brother Henderson's class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And we were, oh, it was writing for communications careers. I almost said history careers, but it's 
communications careers. Um, yeah, and you were sitting behind me. And I think the first time that we actually like really vibed and like, I was like, okay, we're like really good friends um, was the day that we went to the classroom and just sat and watched The Office because that was awesome because we were we were freshmen so we were like oh my gosh are we getting in trouble with the principal like what's gonna happen and we didn't because we were college students when we were adults so it was great um and then yeah we just we hung out and then we went to salt lake very randomly um but it was so fun and then yeah the rest is history it's so good i totally forgot about the office day i don't even remember like what was happening i think our teacher like didn't show up or something yeah he like planned it to where he like had to go to New York or something for something and he was like well if you guys can I want you to come to the classroom to work on it if you want to but if not don't worry about it and then a few of us came and I was like let's just watch the office like I knew how to connect it to the projector so I was like we'll just watch the office so. yeah, that was literally awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember like you said principal I was like I totally thought we were gonna like someone was gonna walk in and like bust us but there's like a big like group right. yeah there's <laughs> a big group of us that we were just like sitting there like in a dark classroom watching the office and I don't feel like it, anybody really walked in no I feel like it was yeah. snowing too so it was, yeah like, it was like vibes. <laughs> yeah it was just all the vibes and then I remember the first time I like have really good memory I don't know why it's just always been my thing but I remember the first time like we hung out just us two outside of class was I went on a date with this guy and it didn't work out and I was telling you about it and you were like we'll just go to soda and we'll just hash it out and we'll talk and I was like oh my gosh this is awesome <laughs> so we literally went to soda and then we sat there and we just talked about like lives and we just got to know each other and then yeah then everything kind of happened after that so but I remember like sitting there and it felt like we were friends for like 10 years you know what I mean yeah feel like oh like what's your name what's your major in school you know it yeah. was like okay here's his memory from 10 years ago I felt like I was there <laughs> you know? right, exactly and it's exactly been, what, five years mm-hmm. and Joe yeah. wrote, wrote me pretty much every week on my mission like in emails okay. it was super consistent yeah I and then I even sent you like a birthday package because I was like really scared that nobody was going to send you a package. And I was like, I'm going to send her candles and cake and I'm going to make it good for her. I wish you guys could see like our faces right now. We're literally the same facial expression. We're like, our mouths exactly. are super big and our eyes are super wide. It's just a good time. I'm so yes. grateful for you. I hope you know that. Oh, I'm grateful <laughs> for you too. Uh, and then you just graduated from college. I did. Did. That's crazy. How has it been after graduation? Um, post-grad life is real weird. Um, I think for me, what was weird is coming to terms with different expectations. Because if you asked me, you know, June, July, I was like, Psh, I am moving to Salt Lake and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'll do something with history and now it's November and I'm at home. I'm in my hometown, which I never thought I would come back to live, um, finding an apartment. I am working for the state, which I never thought I would do. And I'm in public health, which I really never thought I would do. Public health, I thought would terrify me and I've grown to love it. Um, you know, and so I think it's just mainly coming to terms with that. Um, but also, 
understanding like it's all on me now like when you're in college like you're kind of in survival mode and you're just like okay gotta do that it's like boom 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 you gotta do this and then this and then this but when you're don't have that and you have work you're like okay well now what do I do like my days were usually full of oh a roommate wants to go to Walmart okay I'll take her to Walmart and then we'll do this and so I think um the biggest thing that I've been working on post-graduation is just self-discipline um I think I grew to have a lot of self-like. I still am going, I describe it as self-like and not self-love because I'm still, you know, trying to find the pieces of that, but I'm still on that path. Um, 1% better um, is kind of my like thing, but finding self-discipline to be like, okay, I need a routine. I need to, you know, be like, it's like the full and adulting thing. Like, okay, well, I need to go for a walk. I need to, you know, it's just, I hate the term adulting. I think it would be so much better to use self-discipline. Um, but that's just kind of mainly what I've been working on since I graduated. That's awesome. I love, I thought that was interesting. Two things, 1% better, 100% right there with yeah. you. And then the second one was self-like versus self-love. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, my biggest thing that when I started my like self-love journey was I went back to counseling. Um, I, um, hit a really just weird patch of my life after I went through a really bad breakup and, um, it even like made it to where I was moving back home, um, in between semesters. And I was like, okay, well, I need to start going back to counseling. And we've had this like family friend that literally her husband was the visiting or the home teacher that um, helped to bring my dad to the church. And so like, we've known each other for a long time and she had just gotten her uh, license. And I was like, I want to go to her and her sort of method um, in counseling is focusing on childhood trauma. And so we worked a lot with childhood trauma and she's like, you need to sit with your past versions of yourself. Like everything that you have with an emotion is some old part of you reacting to some insecurity, some sort of trauma. And so that's been something that I've had to really work on is like even a couple months ago, like sitting with the me from a couple months ago who's disappointed that life isn't the way that I expected. Um, just sitting like mentally and just being like, okay, how can I help myself through this? Um, and it's been a lot. There's been a lot of times where I'm like, okay, all that past me wants to do is sit on the couch and curl up with a blanket. So I'll sit for a couple minutes and be like, okay, she's, she's okay. I need to be able to get back to the 23 year old self. Um, and so I think, and uh, along with that, you kind of, your different things grow up. So in that counseling I kind of started out with a lot of my insecurities that I had when I was a toddler and then kind of moved in into the insecurities I had when I was, you know, early teenager, like middle school ages. Um, and I think now I've been able to be okay with those parts of myself and be there for them and understand them. But it's now kind of coming up towards like catching up to, okay, now I got to be cool with 23 year old me. Um, and that's where I think a lot of the self-discipline comes in. 
Um, but I think self-like is just somebody like, I like you, I want to be with you. And I think self-love is something that I think we constantly have to work on, but it has to start with self-like. You have to be okay with those past parts of yourself that are hurting and are in pain. So I know I kind of go on tangents, but it's all good. <laughs> no, I'm like, seriously, I'm like in shock. I've never heard of that. I've heard of methods. Like I feel like I've seen that on Instagram where it's kind of a reel for 30 seconds where it's like, oh yeah, talk to your past self. And I kind of scrolled past it, like whatever, mm-hmm. but that's really cool that you're able to like actually do it. That sounds daunting. So- it is so daunting. <laughs> um. Yeah, and kind of going back to what I was saying, if you're okay, I can kind of share the sort of catalyst of why I started to go down that path. Um, So I, like I had said, I'd went through a really bad breakup. Um, It was just, it was my first like kind of real relationship. And I, you know, I kind of expected that, I had done all this good work and I'm a good person. So Heavenly Father's like, okay, this is it. You're done. You're good. And I was like, great, cool. Let's get married. Let's go like, you know, full strike ahead. And then that relationship fell apart. And I was just so just devastated. Like, I just didn't understand. I literally like, I just went home because I was like, I don't want to be in this place anymore. I need to go home. And so it was the first Sunday or so after it had happened. And I remember exactly which pew even I was sitting in. But I was sitting there and we had gotten to church early and my mom was talking to other people in the ward. And I was sitting there and I just was like, I don't know what to do. And just so stuck. And the thought came over me where it was like, you have, you are at a fork in the road and you can take a path where you can jump into another relationship, do things you know you shouldn't do, do things that you know would make you uncomfortable and not your best self. Or you can take the high road and you can work on yourself so that you can be better for your future husband. And I remember like telling myself like, okay, I need to take the high road. And I just had this feeling of it's going to be hard, but it's going to be so much more worth it. And even with that, like, I've now gone to see, like, that now ex who has already moved on and is, like, married now. And I have had moments of struggling where it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, how can he move on so easily that it's like, like, what's going on? But um, I've now come to a place where it's like, that is his path. And I'm happy for them. And I just want them to have an eternal marriage. Like, that's just where I'm at. Um and I need to just be better with me. And I just constantly have to think like the road is long, like the road is going to be long, but it's going to be so much more worth it because you will be like, at the end of the day, we only have ourselves like, and not to say that we don't have like family or friends or our support system, but you know, you, we are our own harshest critic. Why can't we be our most like ardent champion, if that makes sense. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of the story of why I got into that. And yeah, one of the first steps I did was literally I texted um, that counselor and I was like, I need some help. And so I told her kind of where I was at. And I was like, I just, I hate myself and I don't understand why. And I don't understand 
how Heavenly Father can love all of us when like, I just feel like I'm so forgotten. And having her know me since I was literally in primary was just so cool. Cause then she was like, she actually like could see me. Yeah. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of weight to carry Mm -hmm. throughout days, weeks, months. That's super heavy. It was hard. It's so, it's hard to get to that place because you just, you, you go inward. It's never, what I've learned is like, it's never about the other person. It's something that you have with you. Like anger is a secondary emotion. And I always felt like I was so angry at everything, especially during that time. And that's one of the first things that that counselor told me, like literally the first day she's like, well, anger is a secondary emotion. It's either you're scared you're frustrated, you're, you know, whatever. Um, And then your body just comes out as anger. And so for me, just being able to recognize like, okay, when I am upset, like, that's why. Um, But yeah, it was, it took a lot to get to that place. But now I feel like, you know, I just want, you never, I feel like I would never, once I have happy things or if I have happy things like when I do I never want people to think oh well you know those kind of high school emotions so it's like why would I want to feel that way about somebody else when I would not want that reciprocated so Mm -hmm. but it was hard um this year like being 22 like was just a roller coaster of a time so but we got through and now we're 23 and we're like hey self-love let's adult let's do this that's why Taylor Swift wrote a whole song about it right Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah being 22 I feel like was really hard I think 21 was harder for me 22 was Mm -hmm. like like, getting out of it but yeah totally right there with you it's so interesting how you imagine your 20s to be like one thing but it's completely another because there's so much change so much going on and one thing too I like how you mentioned kind of going back is the counselor I love how she pays, plays this, like, pivotal picture in the story. And it's cool that, like, you mentioned that she's known you since forever. And so that trust has grown because she's known you for so long and can see, like, all the different versions of you, like you mentioned earlier. Like, I can't even imagine how Heavenly Father thinks. Right. Yeah. It's so amazing. And I'm sure she just, you know, either got the text or the call from you and was probably really excited to talk with you. And yeah. so super special that you were able to develop that relationship. Yeah, it was amazing. Everything worked out just the way it's Yeah. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that you did steps to kind of get to that place. What were those steps? Um, Yeah, I think it was a lot of, it was a lot of just sitting in the moment and recognizing emotions. Um, During this time, I um, was dealing a lot with different family issues and I had to be with a lot of extended family um, that brought up a lot of different emotions for me and you know we were going through a really difficult period of time uh, on top of you know me dealing with the you know aftermath of this breakup I then had to deal with a, a really predominant member of the family getting sick and eventually passing away from cancer and being with that and kind of being with the emotions of that Um, there would be days that I just had to sit and just recognize like, okay, why am I feeling this way? 
you know, like in the past, I would get very offended over things that were said or done. And it wouldn't really like I knew in the back of my mind, it really didn't really matter. Mm. And so recognizing like, okay, I think this is three-year-old Jill that was really, you know, upset by this. This is her emotion. Okay, well, how is 23-year-old Jill going to help, you know, this little three-year-old? Like, putting it in the context of, you know, there were so many, like, I have lived in Cheyenne my whole life, and there's a lot of family members that, like, I've seen their kids grow up. And it's like, if anybody did this to, like, the three-year-old you know, kid that I knew back in the day, like, how would I help them? And I needed to do that for myself. It was really interesting because it kind of felt like weird. I was like, why am I imagining myself as a three-year-old? Like, this is so kind of random and weird. But then once I started to do it, I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm helping myself through an emotion because it's coming out of the adult me, but it's so little I feel so toddler um so I think that was kind of the steps that I took was just a lot of looking inward and a lot of recognizing in the moment okay I'm angry why am I angry oh it's because I feel like they perceive me as I'm dumb well why do you think that you know it's a lot of like mental work and it is a lot of work and even now there's sometimes that I literally have to like kind of step back and be like well like let's call let's figure this out but there's just so much time that it's just it's just nice it's just something that I feel like is a major step to take is just sitting in moments when you're upset and just recognizing what's going on and yeah. I think powerful that you're finding the root of the problem you know what I mean where you're going back like you said like oh I'm dumb why do I feel that you know just kind of going back and I feel like once you find the root of it that's where it's all stemming from and so then it all kind of makes sense it's like all the dominoes pick back up immediately and just go back in the line and you're able to kind of see it full picture I, I think there's a lot of power in that And so when you're having those exhausted days, you know, your brain's spinning a million miles an hour, what are some things that you do to kind of, number one, calm down, and number two, be able to have the mental strength to keep going throughout your day? Honestly, the thing that I love doing is cleaning. I clean all the time. Um, That, to me, are also just, like, making your environment comfortable. And that can mean whatever you want it to mean. Um making it comfortable and then also just kind of checking out making like watching something so silly and like for me like even the other day like I was you know frustrated with something that had happened with you know I'm living with my whole family now which is a lot because it's a lot of us in a small confined space and you know emotions get high stuff gets said And so I just went upstairs and I cleaned my room and I lit a candle and I watched um, like an old Disney show that we would watch in music class when I was in elementary school. And from that, I was able to go to my mom and I was like, okay, here's why I felt that way. I can see why this is, you know, X, Y, Z. Like I understand why I felt this emotion, but I understand here are the issues with it. Let's find a middle ground. And she was like, oh, 
okay, like we can, we can do that. If that's something that'll make you feel better, let's do that. And I was like, cool. Um, so yeah, just making, putting, and also giving yourself space. Like it is okay to give yourself space because in a moment you, you can't say like when you're angry or when you're heated, you're going to say something wrong. And we literally had a discussion at this. Um, it was disciple leadership, um, the training that they did up at school. And it I totally spaced on our name, but she talked about giving, like, it's okay to give space. Like, it's okay to say, hey, I need space. Can we talk about this in 20 minutes? I need to go for a drive. Let's do this. So um, those are some of the things that I do. Um, also taking walks. I work um, right next to the capital of Wyoming. Um, and so literally I just go for a walk and I put on a song and I just walk around and I look at the Capitol and I'm like, huh. And I just think about history and I think about, you know, just the cool things about this building. Um, so yeah, there's just so many productive things that you can do. And it goes into self-discipline is disciplining yourself to do that and not just saying, okay, well, I'm mad and I have rightful anger and I'm just going to stay mad. Putting yourself to be like, okay, well, I know that I feel this emotion, so I need to step away. And it's it's just so many things with self-love that seem really hard and daunting, but it's basically like a muscle. Like when you work it out and when you do it a lot, it gets so much easier that you just recognize it and you just go for it. And it like I've been doing this for about a year now, and a lot of times I don't even recognize it because it's just something that I've had to mentally work out on. One of my last questions I have for you is how have you been able to include Jesus Christ throughout this growth process? For sure. Yeah. Um and I'll start crying. Um I think just imagining him walking beside me. And I think for me, having a lot of visual reminders is really important. So it seems cheesy, but I even have like the what would Jesus do bracelet that a lot of people wear. And for me, that just helps because it just helps me to know, one, that he's there, and two, who I'm representing. Um, it's really important to me, and it always has been, that I represent Christ. I don't, like, I, of course, represent the church, but I represent um, Christ as a disciple. Um, and so I think just understanding him as a friend and knowing that he is always there is super important. Um, also, I think, and I think watching The Chosen really helped me sort of get this, um, but understanding that he was human too. Like, he is human. Like, he has a sense of humor. He understands, you know, why we do the things that we do. And... In the end, like I said before, like, yeah, at the end of the day, we have ourselves, but we have ourselves and we have Christ and Heavenly Father. Like, we have to kind of work on a self-love journey and loving yourself. You kind of have to work with them and you have to be with them. Um, yeah, so just making that work is super important. Also, just going to the temple um, and fully recognizing I love 
how um, part of the endowment has changed to focus more on Christ. And you really see that. And it's like, you get a full understanding of the atonement. Uh, the atonement was always something I kind of never could comprehend because I was so much of like, oh, well, I don't like me. So why would he do all of this stuff for me? And so understanding self-love also helps you understand the atonement because then you're able to be like more accepting that he did that for you. Um, yeah, so I think those are the couple of things. The biggest thing for me, I think, is just the visual reminders and seeing also just seeing Christ in our lives with the people that we interact with and who we decide to be, um, I think is really important. I do too. Well, Jill, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I have a final question. It's the tradition here on the Strive podcast is to say what we (laughs) this week. So I'll give you a second to think about it. I'll share mine and then you share yours. That's okay. Okay. Can you go over that question again at like, yeah wigged out um so basically at the end of the podcast I always ask um I just forgot it oh what are you striving to do this week so it's like a goal essentially and so that way we can just keep each other accountable cool I should have thought one before we talked um so my this week is this is a big week it's by the time this comes out it'll be Thanksgiving week which is exciting Mm -hmm. So big yeah. thing there. Um, I think to really make the fam- my family the focus of the holiday, I still have to work, which kind of sucks. But I I hope that I can make time to call them and talk with them, even though I'm not going home. And so making them a priority is my strive goal this week. Okay. I think for me, um, strive for this week, but I think also just like for the holidays itself, um, is to be more happy with the holiday. I feel like so many, so often my every Christmas, I feel like I would just sit there and be like, I'm not engaged yet. I'm not married yet. So-and-so has this and -and so-and-so has that. Like, I just, I hope by next Christmas I have this. It's a very, and so I remember last year I was like, maybe I need to not do that, you know, this year. But I was so still stuck in all of my other stuff that it still was not a super great holiday for me. And so this year I was like, you know what? I need to love this holiday for myself. Go back to the things that I like doing. Like I have a tradition where I will make myself spaghetti um, two days before Christmas. So the day before Christmas Eve, I'll make myself spaghetti and I'll watch It's a Wonderful Life because it's my favorite movie. Um, I will die on this hill that it is not a Christmas movie, but it is kind of a Christmas movie. So, um, but just finding the things that I love about it for myself, like going with my YSA to look at the Christmas lights, going like to a hockey game with friends, like, you know, at the beginning of December and just fully, you know, loving it for what it is and not the fact that it's like, oh, well, I don't have this yet. Um, there's an amazing song um, from the Forgotten Carols where it's, um, if you guys don't know the the play, please look it up. It's amazing. It's by Michael McLean. Um, and the main character, um, she sings about like all the things that she wanted and all the things that she's prayed for couldn't hold a candle to all the things that she's been given by Heavenly Father. Um, and 
you know, something that, that for me is that I have been blessed with so much. Like I have been blessed to grow up in the gospel and blessed to um, be able to have a good family and a good relationship with my parents. And I've been blessed with good friends and an amazing, amazing college opportunity. So I need to focus and I have a body that's working. I have a body that's, you know, I'm not sick and I'm doing good in life. So I need to focus on what I can do to make myself happy and focus on all the good things that life has given me. So that's my strive for this week and also just for the holidays. Oh, I love it. I'm sending a hug to you through the phone. Oh, you're awesome. Yeah. And I'm so you're blessed. Awesome. I thank you for being my best friend. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Abs. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Jill. It was so fun to catch up and to hear your testimony. It, it really means a lot to me. So thank you everyone for listening and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Before you leave, it would mean the world to me if you left a little review. It's at the top of the screen on Spotify or the bottom of the screen on Apple Podcasts. Um, This helps people be able to find the podcast easier. So make sure to let me know what you think. And I really hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Strive to become the best version of yourself because you are loved.